On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, things are literally heating up as we cover Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 5, Bright Red Sword. Right after these ads, we have no control over. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah! Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhara Lee. I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. And I got two weddings down, five to go. Didn't lose my voice this time. So I'm going to I'm gonna burn it all out with you guys today. How are y'all <laughs> feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling great, but imagining five weddings... On top yeah. of two more, I'm just I'm exhausted on your behalf right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. excited for the American weddings because at least those will only be one day, whereas the other three or four. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I echo those sentiments, but it's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be a fan of all of this, not just animated content, but all this like genre content in general. We got guardians volume three out i've seen the first couple episodes of unicorn warriors eternal working my way through star wars visions and we were gifted with an incredible episode of demon slayer so i am doing pretty fantastic if you couldn't tell by my enthusiasm (laughs) you know time permitting i wouldn't mind doing a quick guardians recap after we do our news episode on thursday like just the very very end of it yeah, loopholes, loopholes. <laughs> I don't even need a loophole. We'll just talk about it. Like <laughs> CGI, that's animation, right? It's close enough. <laughs> but a quick PSA to all of you out there as well as we talk about, uh, you know, all of this content coming. Uh, they quiet, very quietly dropped uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse tickets. I noticed earlier today yeah. or across oh, the Spider-Verse. Yep, that dropped today. So with the free oh, it poster was today. offers. Okay, I thought it was just it didn't because I didn't get the email. I didn't get the notification. I didn't get any of the things I noticed like an hour ago. Yeah, I woke up to it all. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. So to all of you out there who look as surprised as Jay Scotty is at this moment, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you go ahead and get your tickets uh, as soon as possible, because I have a feeling it's going to be pretty big. I had a hard time finding tickets myself already. So get on it. Yeah, this is an audio podcast, but for everyone out there listening, my reaction is basically that meme, that popular meme of that gif of that guy just like blinking in disbelief. That's me right now. <laughs> I was just getting Anya's surprise face. That's, that's how it read. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a soundboard when we have a Jay Scotty? <laughs> that was right on. <laughs> yeah, we love going to the movies and obviously we love talking about it. You know what helps pay for moving tickets? Talking about blend jets. Mm. The blend jet is a blend. <laughs> Every time I think I'm clever, I can't contain myself. <laughs> Anyways, oh, the blend jet is a blender that we have incorporated into our everyday lives. We love it. It helps us out on so many levels, especially when you're at three day weddings and need uh, some green juice to detox everything so that you can prep for the next one. The Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. 
Blender 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. USB-C. Best of all, Blender 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you are good to go. Comes in plenty of colors, 30 plus, even has ties with Pixar's. I could not order that Buzz Lightyear one quick enough. Yeah, you know, the great thing about Demon Slayer is like it seems like there's a Hashira for basically everything. There's a wind Hashira, there's a love Hashira. Well, I challenge you to up your game and become the shake and smoothie Hashira with your Blinja because you can't beat these blades. And if it wasn't already good enough, now we've got an additional item to tell you about the Orbiter Lid. And the Orbiter Lid just makes the Blinjet that much more of a convenient experience. It's a leak-proof lid. Your favorite ensemble is safe from spillage with this lid. One hand convenience, you've got your hands full. Luckily, you only need a thumb to open this lid. It's got a large opening, perfect perfect for thick smoothies. Smoothies, rather. <laughs> There's even room for a straw, if that's the way you like to, to sip. Can't speak today. Self-cleaning, simply spin the lid and rinse. Engineered to keep spills at bay. And the lid is just the perfect companion. You have it quiet, you have it convenient, you have it portable. I don't I don't even know what else I could say to endorse this product, but no, legitimately, we all are using it, and we all are absolutely in love with our blend jets. So if you want to find out for yourself what we are in love with, what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code STAYWELMED12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the code STAYWELMED12 for 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Two days from when this podcast launches, still enough time to get it before Mother's Day. So it's a great gift. I will shout that out right now. My mother loves fruit. I'm not saying she's getting one. Mom, if you're listening, just please ignore whatever you're hearing right now. (laughs) But seriously, folks... Now's your opportunity. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Yeah, I already gave my mom hers because she uh she she packs them and like she like makes a smoothie beforehand and just like takes it to work. So now I'm just kind of like just leave all the ingredients there or you know, pack it up beforehand, throw that in the fridge and blend it right away like you got your options and then keep showing it off to all of your clients that walk in so that they buy one too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with that, we will provide you the synopsis cuz I'm sure that this show and all of its beautiful music and animation is like constantly living rent free in your brain, but sometimes itty bitty details escape us. So here is the recap of season three, episode five, bright red sword, bright red sword. Indeed. After saving Kanamori from a fish demon, Muichiro is taken to the swordsmith's workshed for a new blade, but they encounter Gyoko lying in wait. Mitsuri arrives at the village using her elongated whip-like sword and her love breathing to swiftly defeat the attacking fish demons. She later manages to defeat a giant fish demon before it kills Chief Swordsmith Techin. After Karaku pins Nezuko down beneath heavy debris, she grips her hands onto Tanjiro's blade, smearing it with her blood. Muichiro, uh, Muichiro attacks Gyoko for his repulsive vase art, discovering he can produce new vases and teleport between them before he can get slashed. Muichiro is soon trapped in a water vase, inhabiting 
inhibiting his breathing abilities. Nezuko uses her blood demon art and heats up the blade, turning it bright red. Sekido, looking through Muzan's memories, realizes the blade resembles the sword of the demon slayer who almost killed him. As his scar transforms into a fiery mark once more, Tanjiro unleashes his Hinokami Kagura, swiftly beheading Sekido, Irogi, and Karuka at blazing speed. He then sees that Aizetsu has been beheaded by Genya as well, but is shocked to see he has now assumed the appearance of a demon. I'm going to get my con out of the way and saying that I wasn't a big fan of the pacing of this episode. I felt mm. like as things were heating up, it kind of like slipped away and just we didn't quite get back to a full capacity. But oh my God, was that ending of that episode incredible and quite the cliffhanger as well. Interesting. I didn't have a problem with pacing because honestly, this was far and away easily my favorite episode of the season so far i really feel like it had it all satisfying action that didn't stall the story progression uh humor in just the right dosage and placement it had great subversion of expectations with the title with the title like bright red sword i thought it was going to be all about mitsuri and her you know unique sword there but we got tanjiro with his total moment of badassery uh wonderful and dazzling art and sound design that captivated me and my imagination. And you talked about that ending, but yeah, it was a cliffhanger that left me desperately begging for more. So all in all, this was a super satisfying episode for me. Oh yeah. I loved it too. And Zuhair, can I ask, do you say when you have a problem with the pacing, are you saying it was too slow or cause I feel like my problem with it was it felt very yo-yo ish. Like every story started slow, ramped up to a cliff mm-hmm. and then jumped off it. And then we went to the next character who yeah. like rewent through that process. And I, I agree the yo-yoing of it left me in emotional turmoil. I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it was a lot of like, I can't catch my breath because I am just jumping from thing to thing to thing. Yeah. And I, I wanted more of it to chew on. I think that was the biggest part of it. It was like, just give me more of what's happening with Gyoko and these vases. Give me more of what Mitsuri's power is and how she's, you know, using this whip-like sword and having all of the men be like, well, you, you could heal me instead. But no, it, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun, a lot of great characters. And there was heavy debate on the internet. I saw, I think it was last week, about whether or not these fish demons look good. If you at this point don't think that the all of the demons, all of the fish, all of the powers looked incredible throughout this episode, you are on something else. Like I you're entitled to your opinion, but I think everything looked the best it has this whole series this episode when it came to the animation. They just absolutely killed it, I feel like with all of these demons. All right. Because of your long win, I'm going to try to see if I can address all three of these things. Oh no. So <laughs> Yeah, you have to have the typical anime trope of just things being over-sexualized, even if it doesn't add to the story. So we got that out of Mitsuri and everybody wanting to be conveniently healed and everyone hitting their head. Uh, I understand the debate between the animation because I think the 3D modeling doesn't really sit well with everybody, especially the way that the last uh, Dragon Ball Z movie was, or Dragon Ball Super movie was done. So some... There are times where it does stick out. I think Demon Slayer is doing a fine job at it but it's it's not my favorite thing i just think it's used well enough that it doesn't bother me i know attack on titan does it in some 
discouraging ways sometimes. So it's just one of those like to eat your own. And in regards to the question that you asked, it's kind of like what I said last week about the earlier stages of Game of Thrones where there's just like multiple stories going on. And sometimes they invest so much into one that you get really attached to that when they die, when they deviate from it, it's like, no, I don't care about that person right now. Go back. I want to know what's happening there. So there was times where it's like, okay, I want movie Chiro's background, but like, it's kind of taking away from this moment. And then I like what we did with Mitsuri, but can we like ride that high? And then it went back down to Tanjiro and then back to Mitsuri and then back to this. And I'm just kind of like, all right, guys, like pick one. Like let's, let's give some, a lot of time. There was, there was a lot of up and down for me, but at the end of the episode, it was just, everything was incredible. And then you talked about last week, how you felt like you were missing a lot of the animation with the elements. Oh my God. The second that oh, yeah. I got, I got tired of the typical villain talk and the fact that Muichiro was just kind of like, just shut up. And you see the misforming. I was like, thank you. Please, please cut off villains more often so we can get back to the matter at hand. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that moment too. And I was—I actually thought about you when it started to, d- to delve into Muichiro's backstory. But I thought they did it like just the right amount to where it was like, okay, like I said, I didn't feel like the action was stalled or the progression of the story was like you know impeded in any way. They did it in the right amount, the right doses for me. But you know, you talk about Muichiro interrupting Gyoko while he was in the middle of his like pontificating but ah I just I'm falling in love with Gyoko the way he's this artist and like he (laughs) his his blood art is like a true art to him and it's just so sickening and to that end like thinking about the 3D modeling and whether or not it's working or not I I could see how it doesn't work for some people it's working for me but I think it's because they're these fish demons and this I think the sound design goes hand in hand with it like it's almost kind of embracing this like uncanny valley feel like these are unnatural otherworldly creatures that kind of are supposed to make you know you feel a little disturbed and unpleasant and like the dead-eyed stare that they have and you know just how grotesque they are it's really working for me buffed out magic harps but the the yeah. one scene they've all kind of been looking in two separate directions but there was the big one like both of his eyes locked onto Mitsuri at the same time and I was like oh mm. no it's somehow more uncomfortable with the eyes in the same direction like it, yeah. it's eliciting emotions and that's why I'm like they're making it work for this purpose so fantastically well mm. mm-hmm. I think when we do get the rest of Nuichiro's story I would like for like the episode to just start off with it and just let it take the whole half and give us what we need to know and finish it off and then get back to the story as opposed to getting it in pieces. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Another thing I really like about Muichiro in this episode, oh, just his character design in general is that like he has a very like he has a very structured face. Like he doesn't make too many facial expressions, but they make the adjustments like just enough to know that he's actually scared or in shock or happy or angry or anything of that sort. I like those, those like nice little touches. They do a really good job with him on that. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. that's a crazy level of animation to be able to pick up on such minute movements. Like when you're comparing panels and panels in a manga, it it's a little easier, but the fact that they can bring it to the screen, I'm, I'm Mm. impressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting the way this show has like kind of progressed because 
Luitro like took those poison needles from those fish that that Gyoko summoned and like all into the front of his body and his face and his ear. And Gyoko, of course, like gleefully taunts him that like you're poisoned now. So it's just a matter of time before you die. But everything we've been through with Tengen and, mm-hmm. you know, all the poisoning that we've seen so far, I don't find myself super concerned about that. <laughs> but, you know, I do, I do still feel like the big cliffhanger was at the end with Ginya and we'll get into that. But we did leave Muichiro off in a cliffhanger with him being like encased in this water vase and not even being able to breathe. So uh, I'm still not super, super concerned for his well-being, but I am very interested to see how he's going to get out of this pickle. There was a lot of Naruto references that came up in this episode that I knew that you guys wouldn't get, but I have to share it for the ones hiding because they don't want to be mocked by Andrew. We're still Naruto fans (laughs) here. Don't worry about that. (laughs) So one of them is like early on, there was a character who had a water prison. So the second that he did that, like Zabuza's water prison came to mind right away. Mm. And then there was a pair of Akatsuki that were teamed up that were both, they put the artists together and one was they, the other was Sasori. And they always had these fights about like, if art is something that should be long lasting or something that you just like see for an instant. And both of their like fighting styles was based around that. I was like, man, Gyoko would have a great time just being in this conversation talking about bases because it seems to be like the perfect middle between the two. So, mm. yeah, I just had to get my Naruto excitement moment out of there real quick. Of course. No, we love that level of reference. It's And it was so effective with everything that they were doing that just like, I don't want to understand a demon this much. I don't want to understand, you know, where he's coming from. So when you can suddenly relate him to human characters from Naruto, it's like, oh, mm-hmm wow, they've done this before and it's worked for both human and inhuman means. And that's yeah, bizarre, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I also need to point out that I love that this, this demon slayer has traumatized. Oh my God, I'm forgetting the head person's name again. This happens every episode. What's Michael Jackson's name? Muzan. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he's traumatized Muzan so much that just giving blood to other demons has like have them reliving the trauma. Mm. The way that that built up, like as soon as Nezuko like was holding onto the sword like even more, I was like, she's got to be using her blood for something. What's going on over here? Are we spreading around? Are we doing one big explosion to get the debris off? I was like, fire sword? This looks awesome. Yeah. I'm actually glad you bring that up for kind of a different reason it's like it's making me think of like the parallel between Tanjiro having like these inherited memories and like the demons have this inherited memory so I'm wondering if there's like a parallel between the demons and the demon slayers where they've actually like it's one thing to inherit a person's like bloodline but has there actually been an instance where they've like administered like a blood transfusion or something like that. That's that's kind of where my mind's starting to go now because like we've been debating like this character from the past that had the same earrings that was like perhaps the first sun breather or what? What is his direct connection to Tanjiro? And I don't know. My mind is starting to go more into into that realm. Maybe they're not blood related in the sense that they have the same lineage, but maybe there's been some unsavory actions and experimentation on the demon slayer sides as well yeah the casualness with which tanjiro just dropped that like 
oh yeah, this is an old memory that I have. I was like, this feels like an important thing that we're going to come back to, that he just also has memories in the same episode that these demons happen to have memories, you know, from Muzan. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a good parallel and a very good call. But as we talk about Tanjiro's memories, I have a humongous gripe from this episode that I would like to get out now. Sure. They did our boys so dirty in this episode during the flashback scene where Tanjiro's like, all of my yes. masters have my back and you yes. see Giyu and you see his sword master and you see half of Tengen and zero of Rengoku's face. They just cut yeah. him off entirely. I legitimately, I don't talk during anime. That's not a thing that I do. Legitimately, Monica and I looked at each other and both dropped a what the just out of nowhere. Like, what did they actually do? The fact that they cut them off entirely. I don't know why. I don't know how. I almost wanted to like go to my TV settings and make sure that I didn't have it on like a weird widescreen or something. But Mm -hmm. I was furious about this. If you couldn't tell listeners, I was just like, they did them dirty. And I was so happy to see them back and have their hands on his back. It'd be like, we're here for you. But you couldn't like, first you cut him in half and now you're not even going to show his face on the screen. How dare you demon slayer? I don't care how good your animation is. You pissed yeah. me off this week yeah i am i almost kicked in my recliner like who the hell like let this draft slide through knowing that our boy was cut off like that and if it was a really dark way of saying it was because he was dead i hate them even more for it i admire the passion but you know it did not bother me in the slightest I took it as, like <laughs> artistic license <laughs> I just you have all the room on the screen. There was a black background that they could have put these characters in. Like it was a it was a choice someone made, and I'm just upset someone made the choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did not like it. Was not happy. Mm. Now maybe it comes from the manga and maybe that it goes all the way up the ladder, but I don't I know none of us have read the manga, so we're gonna need a someone else at some point to give us some hints as to uh if that exists or not indeed indeed you know and and we talked about the yo-yo effect of this episode and i did bring one thing to mind i thought again i'm i'm really high on this episode i like this episode a lot but i think one of the instances where this kind of like back and forth momentum worked really well was again like i said i kind of preface that we're going to talk about that ending that cliffhanger ending with Genya but how satisfying was it once Tanjiro you know had the flaming sword and was able to behead three of these demons that have been such a pain in the ass it's so satisfying and then you have like this moment and you're like one more to go and he's already beheaded and you're like for me anyway I'm like soaring soaring Mm -hmm. on high thinking so hopeful and then Genya turns around and Looks like a demon. Yeah, I was geeking. (laughs) Yeah, there were so many thoughts because I was like, oh, great. You beheaded three of them. Like I was on a let down going into that moment because I'm like, okay, Mm. you didn't get the fourth. They're going to come back. We're going to have to do this again. But then to see Genya, it was like, wait, something's happening. And then him turned around. I didn't have that moment of dread. I had that moment of like, wait, I mentioned he might be a demon. I got mm-hmm. something right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to be right either. I was also upset yeah. and uncomfortable that I was correct because it just doesn't make... They have a lot of explaining to do, I guess is <laughs> really what it comes down to. 
It mm. had me thinking back on when Tanjiro like wanted to get Genya breakfast, and he was like, "Oh, he's out right now. He's not in his room." I was like, "Oh, he's avoiding daylight. I don't think we've ever seen him in the daytime before." And then his tooth popping back. We brought that up, and then. Even at the exam, it was like as the sun was rising. So I think he just like, he's like, I need my sword. I need my sword right now. So what if it was like trying to rush out of there? And it really has me thinking about Akaza and Rengoku and how he was talking about like, don't you want to be more powerful? Don't you want years to learn? Don't you want your body to be able to regenerate so you can be the best? Like, what if Genya has actually taken that offer, but just to be able to kill demons and hasn't told his brother about it, who like was almost trying to kill Nezuko without the master's position because permission, because he was so mad at demons. Yeah, I like it, but I just, it's that weird. Like why has no one, yeah. Why has no one smelled him and acknowledged that he's a demon? Why can he seemingly control it where Nezuko can't like what's it, it? Is he just like taking small doses or something like that? And like only turns into a demon for a short time. Like I just, I don't know, and I don't want to totally throw you out the window on this one, Zuhair, but I do think we have seen him during the daylight. I was trying to think about that scene at the at the bath. Was that I thought that was during the day, but I thought maybe it was the heavy coverage from the foliage maybe gave him enough shade to get away with it. I was just thinking back on the scene like in the mansion where he's like, wait, that was the kid that passed the test with me. And they're like walking by the windows. I feel like it was daytime during that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely during the daytime. Yeah, but he's indoors. So I don't know how daylight actually works. Or maybe this is a recent change, like after the time that we've seen him. Yeah, because I feel like the wisteria would do something to him that was all over the place during the exam. Mm, good point if he was a demon the whole time yeah but i don't know it's it was such a weird Mm. turn of events like i i didn't know what like i left feeling uncomfortable not even like anything oh cool cliffhanger it was like no wait what why why'd we do this (laughs) yeah Do we have any more gushing thoughts we need to get out right now? Or is it a good opportunity to pivot to some feedback? I just need to watch that beheading scene one more time or a thousand more times. Actually, now that the <laughs> sun's down, I can turn my lights on and watch everything in the room change with it. That was just oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Like three months ago, you were struggling to cut off Giatora's head. And then it was just like, screw you four demons. But I think like how many, how many, like, are those going to duplicate? Or are we going to have more coming from that? lineage that's going to pop up now yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's over tanjiro asked that question of like oh was it simultaneous and we distinctly did not get an answer so and and we also talked in the last episode how we don't necessarily want to use imagery from like the opening Mm -hmm. there's definitely been a all, all i'll say is there's been a form of haunting go that's been mm-hmm. featured heavily in the in the opening that we haven't quite seen yet. So yeah, and you know this is only episode five. We still have a ways to go here. I yeah. mean, this is the halfway point, give or take. Still a ways to go, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last <laughs> thing that I I got a huge kick out of. Did both of you watch the like post credit cartoon? Oh, yes, yeah. I was going to wait on that one, but that cracked me up. Oh my! I, I just like they knew we were going to have one question, uh-huh. and they said, "Here's how we're going to answer it." 
watch I this. Didn't even answer it. Shows nothing. Like <laughs> she does a little sachet, and then boom, it's there. Hey, this one's just for you, Tanjiro. <laughs> yeah, just kept doing it over and over. But that, she is actually the one last point that I want to talk about. She might be the most talented Hashira when it comes to using a blade that we have seen. Just because when you think about the fact that only one edge of this sword is sharp and she is managing to move an entire, you know, 20 foot length in such a way that it moves correctly through a demon. Yeah. There's so much skill that would have to go into the precise movements around that, that like, yeah. I'm absolutely stunned and want them to do more than just like, hey, look at this flourish, like, give us something Give us that Uzui fight scene where we actually get to watch the sword moving the whole time. Like, mm -hmm. Give us that final fight. And the fact that she doesn't cut herself with that sword is alone impressive to me. Oh, I'm sure she has at some point. Probably. It's like one thing, uh, it's like one thing uh, Guru always says at, at Impact. He says, if anybody ever claims to be a knife master, ask them to show their scars. Because there's no mm -hmm. way that you can ever be a master in something like that without getting cut and going through that learning process. For sure. All right, we talk a lot about how things might have looked in the manga and how that translated over to anime. Jonathan Kim is going to answer these questions for us without any spoilers. So thank you so much for that. Jonathan Kim writes, Demon Slayer animation is top notch. As a manga reader, I've forgotten a lot of what happened except for the results since it's been a couple of years. But oh, man. They sure do blow it out of the water with the animation. Since the manga is still is just still shots, you really don't see the movement of the moves. And to tell you the truth, the manga drawing wasn't the greatest either. So seeing the move Hinokami Kagura, Sun Halo Dragon Head Dance, God, that's a mouthful, was so beautiful. <laughs> Topping the animation with an amazing soundtrack, chef kiss. Animation studios should be given the time they need to spend in order to produce amazing animation like this. So good. I'm excited to see the rest of the season. Keep moving forward, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, thank All you, the credit to you, you photable. Yeah. Honestly, though, like I have seen some of the screenshots from the manga and it is not the prettiest by any extent. Mm. And then you have other things like my hero feels pretty close from what I've seen. And Attack on Titan is similar. And then you have this show where they somehow said, let's take the manga that is like not the most visually gripping, a good story, but like isn't the best art. And then just throw the budget out the window and give them the best and most beautiful thing. Like, like you said, hats yeah. off to Ufotable, but it's such yeah. an interesting juxtaposition and choice. Yeah, that is interesting to learn of the disparity between maybe the quality of the artwork between the two mediums because they have the like little interludes between scenes that are obviously there for commercial breaks. But, you know, I don't get commercials. So but I, I was I found myself wondering because off, often it's like a character portrait that starts in black and white and then kind of fills in with color. And I was wondering if that was artwork from the manga. But based on what I'm hearing here, it does not sound like that's the case. Yeah. I think it I might think be some of the covers. Covers I think the make co sense. I think yeah. the covers do look a little better. Have you ever seen, you know, we're going to talk about my favorite characters. Have you seen the muscle mice in the manga? I have not. No. Oh, they, they are crunchy. They, like, that's the, <laughs> oh, I'm going to send you a picture of this later. It is, 
And if, if viewers out there, you haven't looked it up, they look so funny to me. Um, that's great. The scene of the three characters as girls during the entertainment district art, I've seen that one. It's all just like all of those funny face scenes, they get done really well in the manga. Mm-hmm. But then you go to some of the other scenes and it's like, eh, it still has that slightly off, yeah. you know, art style. So we love it and it's great, but it is very funny to look at sometimes. Yeah. Like for all the people that like I, I've mentioned that, like I don't read the manga because I want the listeners of this animation podcast to get my genuine reaction of the story, like with all the animation and there's times where it's like, oh, yeah, I just saw this episode. And they're just like, oh, I read the manga right here. I'm not watching the anime right now because I read the manga. I'll watch it later. It's like, but it's a whole other experience. Like, if anything, reading the manga, I feel like it's kind of like dampening, like what you're getting out of the animation. Right. And I think that's the only thing that's knowing that is the only thing that stops me from going into manga. So I'm glad that this like verified that sense for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of things that we are glad for, I, for one, am glad for all our listeners out there. And I encourage all of you listeners to continue to support the show, continue to show us some love. Ratings and reviews are much appreciated. And if you want to send in feedback, just like Jonathan Kim did, you can do so at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com, as well as a whole variety of places you can reach out to us on social media. And as always, those places that you can find us are on Facebook and Instagram, Animation Deliberation, and on Twitter at Animation Delib One. Cool. And then uh, another little delayed segue for you, segue rather for you. We talked about the differing experience between the manga and the anime. If you would like to have a different way to experience our voices, are there other things you gentlemen have going on? Nope, just going to a bunch of weddings, spreading more okay. of mouth, telling people to listen to the podcast there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, life is fast, and one podcast is too much for me, but it, I don't think it's too much for you, though, is it, Jay Scotty? It is not. It is not. So, yeah, please check me out on Pandavision. Right now we're covering Barry's fourth and final season, and also Multiverse News. That's still a relatively new show where we talk about the latest and greatest in the world of movie news, so... Wherever you get your podcast, check those out. And one more time, just a reminder to go to blindjet.com and enter promo code STAYWELM12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. And thank you so much for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And as always, stay whelmed. Till next time, muscle, muscle.